um, women of St. Catharines and also, of course, if you're a guest, uh, we just want you to know that you are loved and that you are so important um, and that you are valued. Could everybody please turn to a lady nearby them and can you please look at them and genuinely say you are so valued? And can we make sure every single lady is told that this morning? Okay, thank you, thank you. So ladies, I want you to hear that this morning, that you are so important and that you are so valued and that's not just today, that is always. Uh, over the next little while, I'm going to just be spending some time widening the lens um, on that idea of motherhood. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Louise Jones. I'm part of the staff team here at St. Catharines. Uh, as many of you will know, I am mother to three little scoundrels. No, sweethearts. Uh, Rebecca, who's 12, Amelia, who's 10, and Romy, who is 7. And each one of them is an absolute gift to myself and my husband, Graham. <laughs> I do, however, just want to recognize uh, that that word alone, mother, uh, can conjure up and represent a whole variety of emotional responses in, in each of us. And I do want to recognize that today. Uh, it, it will vary for, for all of us, depending on our experiences. We can't deny that we've all come from our mothers. Um, but those relationships are going to be different for each of us. Some of us are close to our mothers. Some of us are not. Uh, for some of us, those, that relationship it can be a difficult one. So for some of us, our mothers are no longer around. For some of us, our mothers live far away and we don't get to see them as much as we would like to. Maybe you are a mother. Maybe you're a grandmother. Maybe you're a mother-to-be. Maybe you're praying to be a mother. Maybe you have, maybe you're a grandmother. Maybe you are praying uh, to see someone else be a mother. Maybe you are married to a mother. Maybe God has given you a mother's heart for someone. Or maybe you play that key maternal role for somebody and you don't even know it. There are countless dynamics that we can cover, but suffice to say that motherhood and the role and the purpose of mothers is very much a part of all of our lives. It affects us all, doesn't it? It's a really important part of our church community. It impacts far and deep into individual lives, into family lives, into church family, into our community, and as a natural consequence into the, the world around us. Today, we will be looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, I know for some of you, you might think, yeah, cool, I can identify with her maybe as a woman, as a mother, as a friend. And then for others of you, you're thinking, excellent, I can just switch off now and have a little snooze. And that is why the young people are in, because if they see you dozing, they're just going to give you a little nudge to make sure you're not falling asleep during my talk. Um, so yes, we're going to be looking at Mary today. 
Uh, and the truth is, is that scripture is applicable to all of us, isn't it? The word of God applies to every single one of us, regardless of who we are. It speaks to all of us if we are young, if we are old, if we are male, female, mother, father, daughter, son, brother, sister. It speaks to every single one of us and none of us are excluded. And I think when we look at the character of Mary, because we're so familiar with her and with her story, often we can box her off pretty neatly as Jesus, the, sorry, Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, without fully appreciating her character, uh, the person that she was and how she lived her life. So today, I would love us to consider Mary not only as the mother of Jesus, but also as a disciple. I'd love us to consider Mary as a follower of Jesus, as a God-fearing woman, as a person with an incredible servant heart, a person of integrity and courage and dedication, a person of humility and of grace. And these characteristics are available to all of us, regardless of our age or gender. So I'd love us just to pray, if you wouldn't mind, just before we push into this a little bit more. God, I just thank you so much for your presence here today. God, I pray that your spirit would rest on every single heart here this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, come and speak to us. God, I pray that your voice will be so much louder than mine. God, I thank you for what you've been teaching me in the preparations for this morning, and I thank you for what it is you want to say to us as a church family this morning, God. Lord, will you give us courage like Mary to be open to what it is that you want to say to us here today? In Jesus' name. So there are two short scriptures that I want us to hear this morning, and I have two wonderful helpers. Leah, Leo, come on up. You just be ready there, and I'll tell you when it's, when it's ready to go. Um, so the first one is from Luke chapter 1, where we read about Mary um, and her unexpected guest, So Mary's in Nazareth. She's going about her business. Uh, She is probably making plans for her marriage to Joseph when she has an encounter with an angel of the Lord. And as if that wasn't surprising enough, the angel then tells her that she has been chosen to have a son, that she's to name him Jesus, and that he's going to be a really, really big deal. And what I absolutely love about this text is Mary's response. It's personally challenging, but I absolutely love what she says. Would you read that for us? Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Thank you so much. Wonderfully read. So Mary amazingly just gives this fantastic response. In another translation, it says, God, let it be to me as you say. Let it be to me as you say. And God invites Mary into his plans and she gives him an immediate surrendered yes. If we then go over to the Gospel of John, chapter 19, we read about Mary and it's 33 years later. 
And I'm sure this day was as unexpected as the day that the angel appeared to her, um, because this was the day that she had to witness her beloved Jesus, her son, um, be put to death on a cross. And she watched him being shamed and tortured, um, betrayed, ridiculed, um, and then dying on that cross. So Leah, would you read out the next scripture? Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clospus and Mary Magdalene. Good job. Thanks, guys. You can sit down. Thank you. So these two scriptures bookend the life of Jesus. We see Mary at the very beginning of her call to be a mother, and then we see Mary standing by her son as he is put to death. But what do we see when we look at these two stark contrasts of text? Or more importantly, what do we see when we look at the journey in between? What I see is a person who carried a life's purpose that goes way beyond being a mother. Mary wasn't just chosen because she would be the best at feeding and, and clothing Jesus. She wasn't chosen because she could entertain him best with her stone carving skills and her dust drawing expertise or whatever they used to do with their children in those days. She wasn't chosen for her ability to keep him safe or to ensure that he hung out with friends that could only be trusted. No, she was chosen because she said yes to steward the purpose to which God had called her. And when she accepted God's invitation on the day that the angel appeared, she really did lay down her life. As we know, being found pregnant out of wedlock in those days it would have come with serious consequences, even to the point of death. But even in her youth, she chose God's way. She persevered through all of the challenges that I'm sure that that yes to God would have brought with it. She persevered through what people would have thought of her, even what her husband-to-be uh, was going to think about this. But she laid down her life. She trusted God and she knew that God would sustain her. What she said yes to that day, God used to fulfill scriptures to save all of mankind from sin. And it was Mary who arguably had maybe the most important job in history, who carefully stewarded that which God had called her to so that God's plan could be fulfilled through Jesus. Meaning, you and I get to stand here free. Because of Mary, you and I get to stand here with the promise of eternal life. Because of Mary's yes, you and I get to stand here with abundant life here on earth. What an incredible, humble servant Mary was. I'm not sure where you are at with God this morning. Where in your life he is asking you to say yes. I know we do say a big yes to him when we commit to being in relationship with him and we commit to living our lives for him. But that's not the end. In fact, it's, it's really only the beginning because when we are in relationship with him, he is constantly inviting us in deeper. He's constantly inviting us to say yes again and again. And that can be hard, can't it? Because often a yes comes with stepping out. Often a yes comes with 
going into that place that just feels so uncomfortable. It calls us to lay down our lives again and to surrender again. Where do you need to say yes this morning? What part of your life is he maybe nudging you to go, I need a yes from you there because I have good things for you. Maybe like me, you can find yourself just coming up with excuse after excuse and uh, it's pretty comfortable to hide behind that before I give my yes. Maybe you don't even know what saying yes looks like for you. But regardless, the point that I really want you to hear this morning is that your yes to God matters. Your yes to God really matters. And it doesn't just matter to you. Your yes actually matters to me. It actually matters to the person sitting right beside you. It matters to this church family. It matters to your family at home. It matters to your workplace. It matters for this community. It matters for the world out there. It matters for the future. Your yes to God matters. Only you can say it. Only you can give your yes to God. Your yes impacts way beyond yourself. And we see that with Mary, don't we? Her surrender and her yes impacts our lives now. We are living today on the back of her yes. Your surrendered heart, your heart that says, God, let it be as you say. It impacts a purpose that God has ordained. And we may not even know what it looks like, but I can tell you that it is good. The purposes and plans of God are good. They are plans to prosper us. They will not harm us. They give us a hope and a future. His plans are for us to see his kingdom here on earth. I want to say yes to that, do you? But let, let's look at Mary from a different perspective. I find it really interesting just reading these texts and just trying to put myself, you know, in the context. Um, and I've never done it before, but I just started thinking about what was it like to be Jesus looking up at Mary as his mother? What was it like to be Mary's child? Similarly, what was it like to be her neighbor? To be watching this woman who lived for God? What was it like to live in the same village as her? To watch this surrendered person? To witness how she dealt with other people and her choices and how she parented? What was it like to be influenced by someone who was completely sold out for God, whose yes was really obvious in her life. We see from the John text that she was part of a community and that <clears throat> she was in community sharing her life with friends and family of different ages. We see intentionality of relationship, which leads me to ask myself, what do I model to others? How do I influence others? I think it's a really, really helpful question for all of us to ask. How are we being intentional in pointing each other towards Jesus? 
Does my life look like I'm saying yes to God? Am I joining in with God's purpose for my life? But more than that, am I joining in with God's purpose for your life and helping steward that for you? And guys, it's not an age thing. It's not about how long you've been a Christian, how long you've been coming to St. Catherine's. It's about all of us fulfilling our purpose within this faith community and beyond. We are all children of God and we all have a responsibility to each other to steward God's purpose in each other's lives. Uh, I have been chatting to some of our young people over the last little while um, and just asking them what they understand um, about the word purpose. So I am going to need a little help, young people. Cue you. Uh, I wonder would any of them be brave enough uh, just to maybe share with us uh, a little bit of their thoughts about God's purpose. So if I was to say to you, God has a purpose for your life, what would you say that that means? Anyone on the balcony? Abby Heaslip. to be more like Jesus. Love it. Thank you. Anyone here? That he has a meaning for everyone. Amazing. Anyone? Oh. He has a plan for your life. Love it. He has a good future for your life. Amazing. Anyone else? Anyone? Come on, somebody give me something. Anne, to be a peacemaker. Love it, love it. To have a reason. Brilliant. Anyone else? What's that? To have hope, fantastic. Hannah Ritchie, you gave me a lovely answer the other day. Do you remember what it was? To have a meaning. Meaning. Have meaning. Love that. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Excuse me. I'll just come back to my post. One thing you may not know about me is that I absolutely love to plan my children's birthday parties. Now... In doing that, um, we choose a theme quite far in advance, um, months in advance, and then we get a, I don't know why I'm saying we, I get a Pinterest page and uh, start pinning ideas on the Pinterest page of things that I can spend hours hand making, like invitations, decorations, cake, party food, even going home gifts, I've been known to hand make them as well. Uh, so spending hours, if not days, doing that. A few years ago, Amelia had a balloon-themed birthday party and uh, found this brilliant idea. So for the invitation, you get a balloon, okay? You fill it up without tying it, get a permanent marker, and then write the invitation on the balloon. So Amelia Grace's party, date, venue, RSVP, etc. And then you deflate it tie a little 
fancy ribbon around it, stick it onto the card, and then just put a little tag on the ribbon saying, inflate me. So you get your invitation, but in order to read it, you have to blow it up. Like, come on, guys, it's so good. <laughs> so I spent some time doing that. It took, it took a while. I don't think the, the children got any dinner that evening, but they looked really good. Um, although it may have backfired because when you give invitations like that to six-year-olds, um, they tend to blow the balloon up and burst it. And so I just got a load of messages from parents going, uh, could you give me the details, please? So uh, it kind of backfired. But you've got to have balloons at a party, don't you? Like, they're so fun. They just create this atmosphere of celebration. And I did get a load of these cool kind of bouncy balloons. And I have one for every young person in the audience, uh, which I'll be giving out after the service. Um, there is an age limit. There is an age limit, and you're definitely over it. <laughs> Aww. Uh, so they're fun to have, but I do want them just to be a reminder of this idea of purpose and God's purpose for your life. This balloon has been created for a purpose. Whoops. Uh, if I just hung it up on the wall, it wouldn't look very good, would it? It's not doing what it was created to do. It's not fulfilling its purpose. And similarly, you all have a God-given purpose. You have been created to participate in the kingdom of God. You have a purpose that only you can do. The balloon can only become what it was created to be when it is filled up. And as followers of Christ, we grow in our understanding of our purpose when we get filled up. Would anyone like to hazard a guess of how we might get filled up with God? Joy, yes. Anyone else? How do we get filled up with God? What's that? Breath of God, okay. How do we experience how do we experience the breath of God? What do we need to do? Say again. Sing. Prayer. To pray. We get filled up when we pray, don't we? Anything else? What else other than prayer? How else do we get filled up? The word of God. So reading scripture. Anything else? Shout out. Someone shout for him. To others. Yeah, so serving others help us get filled up with God. What about what we were doing this morning? Worship helps us get filled up. And ultimately surrendering our lives. Isn't that right? When we get filled up with God's presence, with his words, with his truth, we start to look like who he created us to be. But God has made for all of this to happen with each other, in family, in community. We are not asked to do this on our own. 
God placed Jesus in the care of Mary, knowing that she would do everything to encourage Jesus to fulfill his purpose. All of us are Marys. All of us are Marys. But like her, we need to listen. We need to surrender ourselves. We need to fill up. And we need to respond. Each of you has the immense privilege, and I would also say the responsibility to encourage one another, to encourage each other to fulfill uh, the purposes of God in our life. As you sit here this morning, I would love you to think of yourselves with a different title, to take on a, a fresh title. I'm sure you're doing it already, but really just to label yourself as an encourager as an encourager of others. My challenge to all of us is that we would intentionally participate in the plans and purposes God has for others. Ask, let's ask each other more what God is saying to each other. Let's ask each other more, what can we be praying for for each other? Let's not be afraid to, to challenge each other if if we see someone believing something about themselves that isn't true, that we would, that we would challenge them and encourage them and, and encourage them in, 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 in telling them who God says that they are. All of us can do this for each other, regardless of our age. Each and every one of us has this invitation to intentionally participate in encouraging each other and fulfilling this God-given purpose. What a cool invitation that we can do that for each other. Could the young people uh, just come up? I actually have an invitation for every single person in the church. Um, could some of the young people come up and just give these out for me? Just take a handful and just make sure that every single person, there's some people up on the balcony as well, if everybody, yeah. So we'll just be a moment or two. Thank you. No. Can I take one or two of those? You may need to go and help. Help someone who has a big, a big wad of them. Yeah? Go find someone who doesn't have one. You're allowed to open them. <laughs> it's exciting. People at the sound desk as well. Has everyone gotten one? Hands up if you don't have one. Good job. If you want to take your seats again.
Okay, Rob, would you like to read out your invitation? You are invited to encourage each and every person in our church family to help them fulfill their God-given purpose. Wow, what an invitation. Suzanne? You are invited to encourage each and every person in our church family to help them fulfill their God-given purpose. Wow, what an invitation. So good. So, as you'll notice, we all have the same invitation to encourage each other to pray, to encourage each other to say yes, to encourage each other to forgive, to encourage each other to serve others, to encourage each other to be part of our family life, to encourage each other to be part of our connect group or this church family. We have that invitation to encourage each other. And this is God's purpose for each of our lives. Now, the fruit of that is going to look different for each one of us, but the purpose is the same. It's to see God's kingdom come. Just before I finish up, um, I think my greatest prayer for all of us this morning um, is kingdom perspective. Young people, be encouraged. Look how young Mary was and look how God used her so mightily. But for all of us, we have a responsibility to get filled up with all the good stuff from God. Mary had a deep personal relationship with God. She had invested in the ways of God. And so when the angel turned up to her that day, she didn't even hesitate. She saw clearly and she gave him an immediate yes. I think if I was Mary, I may have asked for 24 hours to think about it. Uh, but Mary, she just gave an immediate surrendered yes. She said, let it be as you say, God. And the point that I just want to finish on is that kingdom perspective does not come with age. It does not come with gender. It does not come with status. It does not come with title. It comes with surrender. Surrender to God. What was being asked of Mary in the world's eyes would bring shame. But with kingdom perspective, she knew it was a privilege. What the world would call foolish, she knew that she was chosen. Even though those around her would call her worthless, with kingdom perspective, she knew God called her valuable. Society would shun her, but she knew she had a calling on her life. The world ridiculed her, but with kingdom perspective, she knew that heaven favored her and that heaven rejoiced. She had kingdom eyes to see. And those kingdom eyes came with complete surrender. And my prayer for this morning, on this Mothering Sunday, that regardless if, if we are young, old, male, female, mother, father, brother, sister, son or daughter, is that we would all have kingdom eyes, kingdom perspective to see the purposes of God in one another. I'm going to ask Ryan and the band just to come back up. But I would love us just to, just to sit with that for a few minutes, if you don't mind. 
Um, young people, I would love you to engage in this too. Uh, Ryan's just going to play lightly in the background, and I would love us just to, to sit. I won't say in silence, please don't worry about the natural sounds of the room, but I would love us just to quieten our own hearts um, and just ask God, what are you saying to me this morning? God, what is it that you want to highlight to me this morning? Maybe he wants to highlight where in your life he's encouraging you to say yes. Maybe he wants to remind you that your yes matters. Maybe this is a moment where you just want to surrender afresh to him and say, God, let it be as you say. Maybe he's just reminding you or pointing out somebody or a group of people that he wants you to encourage. But please take this moment, just steal this moment for yourself and God. I don't want to put words on it. But we just say, come Holy Spirit. If you're comfortable, close your eyes. Come Holy Spirit. Speak to your people. Speak to your people.